If you could join me on the back of your bulletin or in your Bible, we're going to read Proverbs 3, verse 12. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. I'll read it again. (laughs) For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. Thank you uh, for this beautiful day. Thank you for the rain and, and this time that we can spend in your presence. We ask that your spirit would be present and that you'd bless each and every one of us. Thank you for the words from Jimmy and Jesse. And I pray that you'd be with Brian today as he speaks. I pray that you would bless him and just give him boldness and help him to speak your word and that we would receive it with humble hearts. Uh, Jesus, we love you and pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian Kelly, and uh, I'm not speaking this morning, but Brian Renner is. And um, uh, Brian has been a very close friend of mine for many years. I think uh, we actually met when I was in my 20s. I'm 44 now, and so there is a a long-term friendship that we have, and it uh, it's really centered on our own walks with uh, with God and, and how that works out in our marriages and, and how we live our lives. So um, Brian is also one of the leaders in the church, uh, along with uh, Lockwood Holmes and Tony Mark. So um, if you haven't gotten to know Brian, please introduce yourself and uh, say hi. Okay, thanks, Brian. We're all good? Well, that was a nice introduction. Got off a plane last night from... Spending a week in Pensacola, Florida, where it was in the high 20s and the mid 30s. It's not supposed to be like that in Florida. It's a sunshine state. Um, but uh, I'm going to share something really quick. It's actually kind of a short message, I think. Uh, but just had a little surprise this morning. And as, I was re- as we were worshiping, um, in fact, the words are still out here from this song. It's called Your Glory. And... Um, the bridge, so not the chorus, but the bridge. Uh, glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, you are good. And as we sang that uh, several times, Jesus is so good. I, my wife and I, Karen and I, for years, I'm going to cry a little bit, um, prayed for our children. <laughs> And I got to this little something about this trip we took last week. We, we, Shane's been in Dallas for, I don't even know, five, four or five weeks. Seven. Se- no way. Seven weeks. That long. Okay. So <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Um, when I'm gone. <laughs> but we got to stop in Dallas on our way to Pensacola. We spent about a day and a half there. And that was just great seeing him, hanging out with him, just seeing the, what he's doing there. And then we flew to Pensacola where um, my other son, Nolan, which, boy, only a couple of you guys are going to know, um, he left here really before the gathering got, got going. He moved to Pensacola, Florida, uh, <coughs> seven-ish years ago, um, and got to spend time with him and his wife and just see where they are in life. And so they're in different places, the young one, Shane, and the older one, Nolan, and his wife, Kayla. But God is so good. When Shane pulled up to the driveway this morning and I saw him I, 
I was speechless. Speechless. We did not know he was showing up today. Uh, we were in Dallas last night taking the, on a, uh, uh, just an hour layover. I don't even know if that's the right word, but just connecting flight in Dallas. And I texted him. I said, do you have a show tonight? And he says, yeah, because he, he was back there doing music. He says, yeah, I do. And I said, well, I'm going to try to get bumped. Well, he, he, was, he wasn't there. He wasn't telling me this. He was in Santa Cruz. And uh, so he was hoping we didn't get bumped, and we did not. So it was a big surprise when he showed up here this morning. But my point to all this is we were singing this morning, and Jesus is good. And it just ran me back through the years where, um, and, and I'm just going to raise your hands really quick. Who, who here is a parent? Okay, good number, good number. How, how many of you hope or want to be parents? Even more. Okay, so most of us are going to be in that ballpark. Either we're there or we're on our way there, hopefully, in life. If I could tell you anything of value this morning, so this is serious. I know you guys are all giggling and laughing, but if I could tell you one thing of value this morning, it is from the day one when your child is born, is just pray for them. It doesn't matter where you are in life, what you feel like, what your own spiritual walk is like, is make a habit of praying for your kids. And God is good. Uh, so to see him this morning and having spent a couple of days with the other son that we see rarely, uh, I just, as I said, I was singing that song going, God's good. I just asked God to bless them, to show them his favor, to, to lead them in the paths of righteousness, regardless of my shortcomings. And God heard, has been, he's heard that prayer um, for 27 years now. So if, it, you know, and it all started, it's funny, when they were really little, there was a guy named Felix um, at the Malibu Vineyard when we were going to church there, and they were little, and he was a Sunday school teacher, and he goes, oh, your kids, they're awesome, I can tell you're praying over them every night, and I, at that time, I wasn't, I was like, <laughs> no, but I'm going to start tonight, and, uh, and, and I literally, uh, as they, whenever they were in the house, as they were little, little infants to adolescence to junior high, high school, and then out the door, uh, just praying for them. And God has been faithful. So whether you're part of a broken home and the kids are in another house, um, whether you feel spiritual or not, and what your connection with God is at this present time, doesn't matter. Pray, pray for your kids. So that's the best word I can give. Now I'll give a lesson. So I'm going to pray real quick for all of us. And then just tell you what, what's been on my heart for the last few weeks here. So God, I pray for um, just this little bit of time that they spend teaching. And just, Lord, I pray that you would um, bring truth to the words that come out of my mouth, Lord, that um, each one of us would be able to take something of value, Lord, to, to grow us deeper in our relationship with you and to just understand, God, the way that you have made us and designed us to be. Um, so Lord, I just pray for your grace in your presence in this place right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I go, I, and I, I know I share this almost always the opening to any of the time I teach, but uh, most of the, most of the, uh, the things were that, that come to mind that God speaks to me tend to be sitting in my pickup truck um, back behind Tower Zuma 1, that little dirt lot, or at the very end of the Point Doom parking lot. Um, and uh, I try to get out there in the mornings. I can't during the school year, but weekends and then summer mornings. And that's where I just have my quiet times. And um, God's, you know, there's, some, there's always a theme. And so when Kelly asked me if I can just give him a break and teach, that's typically what I'm teaching on, whatever that theme has been. So uh, it wasn't a month and a half ago or so, and I'm sitting down there, and I'm reading in the book of Colossians. And in Colossians 3, and I'll just flip there, and I'm going to read the whole thing, uh, but just to give you an idea of what set me off on, on this 
path of thinking. Um, in Colossians 3, I kind of like the little, little title for it because it says rules for holy living. I'm like, okay, cool. That's a, it's going to give me a list of the, the things I need to do to live a holy life. I like that. Just give me that list. And as I start reading through some of these things around Colossians 3, 12 or so, it says, uh, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And having been a Christian since pretty much I was a kid, so I'm 56 now, so I'll say 40 plus years, uh, I look at this short little list. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and on. And I'm looking at this list of great virtues, and I'm like, I'm not like that. That's not me. I... I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a compassionate person. I, I might act kind, maybe fake humility from time to time, but it's like, God, you, you need to make me this. And so my prayer is, God, make, make, make me be this person. Make me that person. But here's where the thing came in that changed the way of thinking for me. It's, it's almost like God said, no. I will help you, but I'm not going to just change you. And... You know what? I need a like a tissue paper or something. I got to if anybody can nobody even budged. Um, <laughs> a napkin. <laughs> Thanks for the help. You're going to walk the aisles. Is there a paper towel back there? I'm going to keep using my hand. Oh, there we go. Is it clean? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and so I felt a little frustrated. Just that's just after this many years, decades of walking with the Lord. It's like I haven't I haven't mastered these characteristics, these virtues. And that's where God just really spoke. And he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is He's a helper. Now I, I, I do not want to take away the fact that sometimes in life there are those moments where God does do one of those instant changes in our lives. And we call those miracles, all right, where God just intervenes instantaneously. But they're called miracles because, I don't even know the definition of the term, but it would seem to infer it's a special event. In the routine events of life, though, is God somehow designed us to have to work through some of this stuff and just deal with it. And so, um, more than using the word work through, because here's what I don't want to do, just in in sharing here, because I started, as I was writing things down, realizing that if I miscommunicate this, then we're going to send some people out thinking, well, I need to work harder at being this and work harder at being that. That is not what I'm trying to say. Is, uh, I'm going to use a different term. I'm going to use the word persevere. Is when you find yourself coming up short in some of these virtues and these things that God calls you into, that we are instructed to persevere. And so sometimes, just in the way that we have been designed, uh, there's something about perseverance. James 1 Again, I'm going to do a lot, I think like I typically do, is some quick little flippings. Um, but in James chapter 1, it says this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So there's something about persevering through trials. And those stages in life where maybe you're looking at yourself going, this is not where I should be. Maybe I'm just going to throw it in and just not call myself a follower of Christ anymore. And the call is to be one that perseveres. Because, and I'm just going to reread with that one little part, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. So sometimes I'm thinking it's not even the end product, but it's the process of that perseverance. 
that God does that thing in our life. Um, I, I've been teaching middle school. I started teaching 1983. <laughs> you weren't born yet. <laughs> Some of your parents may not have been married yet. Uh, but uh, I started teaching in 1983, and around 1985 or 6, I got into teaching middle school. I actually have gotten into younger ages as the years have gone on. And one of the detriments I see to young athletes is, um, and even seeing this with my, my kids growing up on the little league fields and so on, and I, I generally use baseball as one of my backdrops for examples, um, one, it, it, it can be, it can be a detriment to a young individual, guy or girl, I'm going to say guy often, but guy or girl, who, who maybe steps onto something like a baseball field and finds it actually to be a relatively easy thing to do to hit a ball, to catch and throw, and instantly that little kid becomes like the little superstar on the seven-year-old team, and on the eight-year-old team, and the nine-year-olds, and as he gets a little bit bigger and stronger, he's, he's better, but he, he's, just, he's been the best from the get-go. But what I've seen teaching kids through these years, high school, middle school, and elementary school, is that those kids oftentimes, not always, I mean there are those gifted ones who do catch they catch something where it, the, the work it requires to continue on in whatever that skill is. Uh, but sometimes someone who's just blessed with a skill from early on and they don't know or never learned how to work to gain those skills because they, they were the star right off. And what happens is through the years, and you really see this in high school, where that, maybe that ninth grader shows up, and this was actually I feel like a little piece of my story, is, is I did really well in early high school, and kids, playing baseball, and kids who um, really learned to work hard at some point are equal, and then continue and oftentimes surpass those who actually had the skills that never learned how to work. So there's something in this process of taking what you have, persevering, you know, I know there's a lot, and I don't know everybody's little story, but I, I think like the Michael Jordan story, right, like getting cut early on in his career, I don't know if that's a true story or not, any nods, but yes, okay, so, so that, that idea of persevering um, is, is significant, I think, in just like the way, the way humans are designed, that for us to work through stuff, we're made to have to work through stuff, so that that perseverance, you know, it's like that polishing, or in scripture, I know there's the, the idea of the refiner's fire, of getting the gold being burnt and melted and then again over and over again and feeling that fire. Uh, again, as a teacher, I see kids who sometimes A's comes all too easy. And then so they just kind of breezing through school. And uh, as school gets a little more difficult, they didn't learn how to discipline themselves and do the work required maybe when they got into college or into upper level um, college work, grad school or whatever. And all of a sudden those... Uh, they get, they get surpassed, and they find themselves not being where they should be. So there is something about working through stuff. There's something of value in that. And I guess what I want to do is just share with you guys, I know in my life I've had stretches where there, there were just times where I couldn't do anything but just persevere, just hang in there and get help from the people around me. Um, and, and there's really, I was just, just stuck for a period of about a year and a half where I was just stuck, where... Uh, I just had to hang and let God do whatever he was doing and persevere. So, again, I just, uh, just want to remind us one thing, and again, this is going to be pretty short, is I don't want this to come out as being a message that if you are in a place of, um, I guess what James just called a trial, a difficult time, difficult place, uh, where working harder is the way out. Okay? I'm not suggesting that at all. 
persevering. And I don't know how long this is going to be. I remember when I was having this little stretch of time in my life, and I'll, I'll just call it a depression, um, and I separated, and I've shared this before up front here for some of you guys have been around for a while, and where, where I had to separate myself even from Kelly. It, it was when I first Brett met Brian Kelly, and I told him I couldn't be his friend because <laughs> I, I had to take my circle of friends and just, narrow, and just trim it down because I just couldn't deal with people. And... Um, I just had to persevere through that. And I remember reading through scripture, and this is not coming from my notes, but I remember reading in Jeremiah 29, where, where um, help me out with, with, I have a future and a hope for you. And I remember reading that going, okay, this is good. God has a future. There's something good's going to come out of this. But if I read back further in the chapter, What's going on there is the Israelites are captive in Babylon. And God's promise is, I'm going to turn, something good's going to happen out of this captivity. But it says, you're going to, but, but you're going to be there for 70 years, it said. So in other words, and it says, settled in, build houses, raise families. This place where you are right now, you're going to be here for a while. I am going to make something good out of it, but just you got to hang out right here in Babylon. And I read that and my heart dropped because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to be like this for the rest of my life? And because, you know, I was saying 70 years, and I don't think that's what I was saying. And it did not last the rest of my life. But the message there was, was just, here's where you are. Here's where I've put you. I'm doing work in your life right now. It's very uncomfortable. It's very difficult. It's painful. But just persevere, okay? Gather, gather your close people close to you and get, get ministry help, get prayer, get whatever it is you need, but this is where you're going to be for a while. Um, so um, the, the verse that we read out of Proverbs, the, uh, <laughs> I did this on the plane last night, texting with Karen Kelly. Um, the, end, the Bible I had with me that I got the verse out of, I'm going to reread this, but I'm going to throw a different word in. It says, this is Proverbs 3.12 from my NIV. It says, for the Lord prunes him who he loves. So if you can picture like pruning a tree, clipping branches, and I remember reading this. I spent a lot of time in Proverbs and Psalms during that time. He prunes. He trims. And, and trimming is a pain. If I was a tree, that's a painful process. You're clipping limbs off. Like he's basically doing surgery on you. And he, he prunes him who he loves as a father, the son whom he delights. So I had to take, I had to take whatever joy I could from the fact that God was doing something in my life, as painful as it was, and hold on to that promise that he's going to make good out of it. Maybe not tomorrow. You know, I was praying for the miracle every day. I wanted the Holy Spirit thing. And, but no, the Holy Spirit's there. He's going to help you. He's going to walk you through it. It's going to take some time. But there's something in that process that's going to grow you up. I wasn't grown up enough at that age. I'm 40. My boys were 8, 9, 10 years old at that time. And it was very difficult. Um, and so this other, uh, and I don't know if it's still up there. The, uh, the Lord reproves him as a father, the son, in whom he delights. <clears throat> being, being a teacher and having hung out with, seriously, a couple, I don't know, 3,000 children over the last bunch of years, I treat my children as I, as I think I should. So I don't know if I have any parents of kids I've taught here. I'm going to train my children probably at a different level than the, the, the children I teach because they are my kids. And so there's a much deeper, there's, there, you know, all my, all my heart goes into that. So as a father reproves and trains a son, that's the way God 
is pruning us. So if you just have been or are in, or this is something for future reference, is when God gets a hold of you and is going to do, does this kind of work, it, it is a thing that's done out of love. It's as a father, as a father and a son whom he delights. Um, and um, so sticking with this pruning theme, in John 15, verse 2, this, maybe if you have a Bible with you, it might be worth looking at. John 15, 2 says this, talking about pruning. Actually, I'll just start at verse 1. Just read uh, four verses here. So just one short paragraph. So Jesus says, is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me, <clears throat> excuse me, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he, pr he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. So I'm just going to stop there for a second. So when God is doing this kind of work in you that requires you to persevere, persevere through these trials, he's doing, in a work, he's doing a work in you so that it will be, you will be even more fruitful. It might not look anything like what you hope. You know, I, I don't know if you remember what I was picturing was going to be the end, end game to the, my experience in, this, in life, but um, I don't think it was this. It wasn't this. But I'm going to believe this promise, though, that I will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That's verse 3. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So the secret here to this, to this pruning process, to this persevering, is remaining in him. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Just with whatever it takes. Like I said, even praying for your children, your future children. That doesn't matter what you feel like. Doesn't matter where you are spiritually. Don't give up. Okay? Remain in Him. Um, in uh, Philippians 2.12, it talks about working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, I started to understand that because it was a very, very difficult time. And... Um, um, there was a lot of fear. We would wake up at 2, 3 in the morning with just all kinds of bizarre things going on in my mind. and um, We'd just get down and we'd pray, get on our knees and pray next to our bed, Karen and I. And so uh, working that stuff out, but there's just something of great value in that process. You can't go through Scripture and find a story of some who we would maybe call a Bible hero, whether it be David or a Daniel or Jesus himself, who doesn't go through something like that, some kind of process that prepares him for what he's going to do. So just my encouragement to all of us here um, is that the, the, the process is of great value. Uh, the, these virtues, these character virtues that we all desire, that I'm going to read, I'm wrapping it up already, um, but these, these character traits that, that I think when I read these, are, most of us are going to say, yeah, I want that. And then when you look at your life and you don't see those things happening, there, there is value in being patient and working and, and making choices. Okay? I also don't want to suggest, like, well, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do that slow work in me and just continue to be, you know, just, just go along for the ride. Uh, we, make we do make choices. I can choose to be compassionate at any given moment. And I guess what I'm going to say is that then it, I need the Holy Spirit's help to trigger that thing in me that makes me make that choice. He's not going to control me. 
He's not going to move my arms for me like I'm a little robot. God gives us that free will. But I make that choice. So let me read. I'm going to read from three little sections, okay? Um, and then finish up with one last verse and hopefully tie this together. I hope this is making sense. I almost always feel like when I'm up here, it doesn't. Uh, but then people afterwards tell me it does, so I'm going to believe you. So Philippians, <laughs> Philippians 4.8 uh, says this. Okay, so, so this is a, a final exhortation to the Philippians. And again, you can just listen, or if you have a Bible, I'm going to flip three different places. Actually, if you want, Philippians 4.8, Colossians 3.12, and Galatians 5.22. Just three little lists of, of attributes. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Get your mind set on those things. Get your mind set on those noble, praiseworthy... Oh my goodness. Okay, there it is. Okay, so that's a list of attributes number one. I'm going to keep my fingers there. And then Colossians 3.12. guys are amazing. I guess technology is not all that bad. <laughs> Therefore, as God's chosen people... This is what I read earlier. Holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then lastly, Galatians 5.22, which is the fruits of the Spirit, says, these are all good things. I, mean, I, I would like to be like some of these things. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. So these are, these are fruits of things that come out of your life. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like I want, I, I, I would like some of that. And the Holy Spirit has been promised to help me become like that. And yet I need to persevere to see that, see that um, work happen in my life. And then I just want to finish. I'm just going to just quote this from Matthew 6:33. And I think maybe this is, you know, if there's a secret, I always like that. You know, I said, well, just do the one thing. Matthew 6.33 says this. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all else will be given unto you. And I remember reading that, being a young Christian, maybe even a teenager and in my early 20s. And, you know, <laughs> it's so funny because the way our minds work when we're young. Sorry, and I know a lot of you guys are young. So, see, see here, I'm an old person, so see if this makes sense. Seek for, I, I want something in my life. I want, you know, when I'm a teenager, I want to be a big league ball player. Ah, here's the way to become a big league ball player. Because look what it says. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given unto you. You know, like that's some kind of formula to, to make it into the big leagues. If I just seek God first, he's going to, that's, everything else is going to come my way. And as I've been kind of filtering through some of this stuff and I see these attributes and the fruits of the spirit and these virtues, these qualities, seek first his kingdom, persevere in my seeking of God's kingdom, the things of Christ, and then goodness and patience and kindness, those Christ-like qualities start to find their ways and I start to become like that. Um, and maybe it's just something, maybe it's part of the human condition where you look at yourself and you just don't see those things. I don't know. That can be frustrating. Um, but my, I guess my encouragement to all of us is, is when God does lead you through some path where there's a trial or you're in cap captivity of some sort, as the, as the Israelites were in Babylon, is that, might be, that could very well be the place 
where God has just put you for a while. He says, you're going to hang here, but I'm going to turn something good out of it. And get, get wise counsel, get prayer, get all the things you need from a church body, from friends, get all those things that you need, and then just persevere and hang in there and let God do his work in you. He'll, 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 he'll make you into what he designed you to be. So let's pray. So Father, I thank you for your promises. Um, I thank you for the process that you take us through in life. And it's a hard thing to be thankful for because it is painful. It's like that pruning process can, can just, it literally hurts. God, we, we, we believe and trust that you are good. We believe that you do send your Holy Spirit to help us, to, 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 to teach us, to form us, Lord, more into your image. And I just pray for anybody here who's, who's maybe frustrated for where they are in life, um, that your grace would abound in them, Lord, that, um, Lord, that you would help all of us persevere. Lord, as we um, kind of crawl towards the cross together. And I, I give thanks for the times in life when we're able to kind of get up and run to the cross. And, and then, then I, we also recognize that there's something of value when we're on our faces crawling through the dirt to try to just get to your feet. Um, so I just thank you, God, for life and just all the variety it be, it, that it has. Um, I thank you for my son showing up today and just the, the, the joy that that brings myself and my wife, um, and I know a lot of his friends. So, anyway, just pray for your work to continue in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, and there's people praying off to the side if you need prayer for this or anything else.